This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this time we're uh, coming to you on International Women's Day. So it's a close, very close to International Women's Day. Tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Today, tomorrow, potato, potato, you know. What's a, day be- what's a day between friends? I hope you don't have this laissez-faire attitude to International Women's Day as a whole. Just like, oh, whenever, about whoever, these women. I'm, I'm coming to you from a different time zone right now. So I'm technically ahead, I'm, I'm technically ahead anyway. So True. that's kind yeah, of my yeah. excuse. And what time zone are you in? How far ahead are you? I, uh, well, I'm four hours ahead. Oh, yeah. come off it. <laughs> I'm, I'm four hours ahead in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all Dubai is? Four hours? Four hours, yeah, four hours. I didn't know that. I thought it was, I thought it was more than that, but okay. So there you go. Yeah, I don't think that's So let's, let's, let's backtrack. So International Women's Day tomorrow. And as we've got a a snuggler on the podcast and lots of female property investor friends and developer friends and people in the industry in general. And um, and listeners, yes. um, And trainers. um, I thought it would be a good opportunity just to talk about the industry and how it is for women in property right now i think the the easiest place to start is probably with a woman who knows a lot more about this than than yourself you know you and me nile um um, but i I know we've definitely got our our tales to tell through our experience of of working with um women and what they tell us and what i've witnessed um Mm. happening so um, we'll come to that bit later on but joe what Mm. is it like being a woman in property on international women's day tomorrow <laughs> what a nice succinct question <laughs> just saved yourself at the very last minute tomorrow <laughs> um yeah well it's a mixed experience i think is a, a, a an honest answer uh when i started back in 2015 i don't think I had a sense or a gauge of, of a gender bias or, or dominance one way or the other, because uh, we were all trained through uh, an, an academy that was led by a, a female. So that was my perspective. And most of my teachers were female in the main. So I had quite a female slant on my experience from the jump, but it wasn't until I got into the wilderness and started investing in real life that I realized that it's still and certainly even back then was um, a very male dominated dominated industry, um, which to be fair is no different from any other industry I've ever worked in. So, you know, coming from the public sector, the university sector, I'd already experienced that, but this felt quite different because you are in command of this space. So it's having your voice heard, being recognized as a professional, Um, on equal footing with your male counterparts and I suppose when I say it's two sides I'll talk about the negative side first so on the education side a thumbs up women representation all day long from my perspective but like I said when I got out investing 
How I was perceived as a woman in property varied depending on who I spoke to. So, for example, I noticed it in particular with estate agents. And we've talked about this before on the podcast where you turn up and because my name is quite uh, ambiguous anyway, I often go by the name of Joe. Often I turn up and they would assume I was a boy or a man and they'd be like, oh, you're female. What? In what world is it okay to kind of identify somebody's gender in conversation at the start of chat? <laughs> I would never go, oh, you're a man. Like that just would well, never... I get it. I get that all the time. They're like, oh, Matt, oh, you're, you're a man. What? <laughs> a boy, a man. Ah, got it. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? To identify, so, oh, you know, it'd be the equivalent of saying, oh, you're black. Oh, oh, you're short. Oh, you're fat. Like, well, that, that's what generally happens. That, to be fair, no, I get all that. the time. In fact, <laughs> um, I was in I was in the Derbyshire Dales on the weekend, and I found the most amazing house for Niles to live in. Um, oh, with a small door. Very, very small door. The world's smallest door, I think it was. On Instagram. I've, yeah, yeah I have had it a few times where I turned up to sites and met clients, at, especially after lockdown, after only seeing people on Zoom. And they're like, oh, you're much shorter in real life than we expected. Oh, really? <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I suppose people do comment on things, but it's like, yeah, to kind of have it as a consideration as to, you know, an expectation or you're like, oh, what does that mean? The fact that I'm a woman and how does that change how we go about this, this viewing, you know? And then there was, I when think, I was... I was just going to say, I don't think it on. does, but um, you said at the very beginning that this is a very male-dominated industry. So mm. the expectation or the, um, yeah, expectation is that it's prob- probably more likely to be a guy than a girl. And it's it's quite similar to um, the music industry, actually, because when you were talking about other industries, the music industry is heavily dominated by men. Mm. Um, and from the perspective as a, as a man in the music industry, uh, you know, it's highly unusual to see um, like women, just like session musicians. You know, it's, it's almost a bit of a thing, a bit of a, um, a, novelty, a, a almost. novelty to have yeah. uh, you know, a female drummer, a bass player. Um, for, for example, and there are some amazing musicians out there, um, and the, the, it's almost like it's instrument specific. So mm-hmm. there are some instruments that you just wouldn't expect to, to have a, a woman. So like a drummer, you know, that most people don't expect to see female drummers because it's a very vigorous, intensive, you know, job. But but again, there are some amazing female drummers out there. Um, it's just that perception that people have. Um, and I think so, so when you come to the estate agent going, well, Joe. <laughs> excuse me yeah they're more likely to to have a bloke turn up than than, than, than a girl so it goes beyond that it it does go beyond that so it's like you saying oh there's some amazing female drummers out there well of course there are there's some amazing female everything out there it's like it's not a statement that needs to be made and it's like it's like saying oh there's a amazing male cleaners or nurses out there you know those statements don't need to be made there's just that you're either you are your profession so and the difference is and this is where I pretty much noticed it on the front end the most is there was a perception if I was viewing a property by myself that I needed protecting on some level so I've told you about when I've gone into lofts before and they're like oh you know be careful or if I've gone into a basement they're like I don't think you want to go down there and it's like why would you say that to you know like a a male counterpart um or 
yeah, I've actually been on a block viewing before. This was in Grimsby. And I remember there was this particular property did have a basement and the estate agent never commented at all when um, there were people viewing <clears throat> who were male. But when I went to go into the basement, he said, oh, it's a bit dark and a bit gross down there. I don't think you want to go down there. I'm like, but they've just gone. Like, why would it be different to me? So that's the first thing. That is less of a, a thing, really, because, you know, that varies from agent to agent. The thing that frustrated me more than anything in the early days, and it doesn't happen nowadays so much, was when I was walking around with my ex-partner, the estate agent would only talk to him. And that really irked me so much because I just, I would try, I was the one who was educated. I was the one that was leading the journey and was asking all the questions, but here's how it went. I would ask a question and they would answer to my ex-husband. And you're like, ah. and they're not doing it consciously. That, that's the thing. This is all a subconscious programming. You can see it. But that was that inherent bias that people are wired with. So, but then saying that when it comes to solicitors and dealing with brokers and, you know, dealing with accountants, never, it's not an issue. I don't find being, my gender doesn't even come into it. It's only on the front end. And um, yeah, I think if I go back to that episode we recorded with Ruth Hobbs, do you remember where she, who, by the way, it's her birthday on the day we're recording this so happy birthday Ruth Hobbs from Urban Sister happy Development birthday. happy birthday. birthday um so yeah she do you remember the story of the red dress where she said she turned yeah. up didn't she she'd had the phone conversation with the agent and this little sort of minion at the end of the phone was very dismissive of her as an investor and rocked up and you know she turned up in that um, incredible uh, incredible dress and you know really had to kind of make that statement impression just so she felt good about herself because she felt belittled on the phone and it was only upon them seeing her credibility and her social media following and showcasing her projects that they gave her any credibility. And when you ask her, why was that? She said, without, without a doubt, it's because I was a woman. You know, I just seemed to be lesser on some level. So, yeah, so that's the negative side, the positive side. Um, just, just, before, I, just before you get onto that, yeah, because there's yeah. um, um, a, a similar story that my mum faced. Um, I think we've mentioned this before um, early on in the podcast where so when I was doing my very first few projects and I did uh, three or four with my mom and my dad so like my mom um, was kind of high-powered um, NHS executive it was chief executive of, of an NHS trust in the northwest and um, you know so she's used to people well, well, well apart from having dealt with the you know um, this whole problem in entire life um, she got to the end and, and had, had a lot of respect well generally had a lot of respect so was used to people doing what she says and taking her opinion seriously and then um, we're doing projects and then the builder uh, this you know, got a you know, tall guy from Bolton who was you know nice enough um, but again was very dismissive of, of my mum and um, yeah, even though she's the one that had you know the the age and the experience I was the one that was doing my my first or second project and um yeah so uh, he would ask a question to or she would ask a question to him and then he would respond to me um I literally and I, and I was seeing I'd, I'd never seen anything like it before um it was the first it was kind of the first experience of that for me um I literally had to you know point him back to my mum and say well you know that's yeah, answer the question <laughs> um and I physically, I consciously had to do that. And it's like, cause it's not me that asked the question, asked, yeah, answer to, to my mum. So yeah, um, having witnessed that firsthand, it was actually really quite 
uh, interesting because I'd been in an env environment where, again, gender hadn't been a, a huge thing, despite going to an all boys school. Um, so I suppose the downside to that is that you're used to you're, you're taught to be polite. So you open doors for women and things like that, which is, again, I don't. Some people, some women would hate that. Some people would love that. So um, uh, I don't really know what the. I just think it's good manners, regardless yeah. of your gender. Oh, open well, the exactly, door, for people, right? Exactly. Like, so, um, yeah. I suppose actually that's that's true. It's just open the door and being respectful to anybody. Mm. So, um, uh, but mm. yeah, so just throw that in there because um, it's the same similar experience to, um, to to how you felt, mm. and that was regardless of you know age as well. Yeah, age. That's that comes in as well. I think being maybe more so with with women than it would do necessarily for a, for a guy. Um, but it, you, you've given me a flashback. I'd completely forgotten about the builder side of things. So again, this is the front end of the business where, you know, you're you kind of um, you're trying to appoint a construction team. And again, in the early days before I actually found my two building teams, it was really challenging as a not only a woman but a really short, squeaky woman. <laughs> you know to kind of have any sort of gravitas with the trade and I really struggled with that in the early days when I never forget I was walking around a, an empty home it had no roof on it and it would be I'd sort of picked it up through the empty homes officer in northeast links and I'd met this guy and we were walking around together and it, exactly the same thing I was the one asking the questions I was the one appraising the deal yeah he spent the whole time walking around with Alan and just my ex and he was just kind of you know pointing out to him all the things that needed doing and you know my ex was just like I, I don't really know what I'm looking at here like you know and it was just he was so dismissive and he had a negative attitude anyway because he didn't like the idea of it being social housing tenants or riffraff as he called them so I instantly didn't like him anyway but it was just that whole his that whole energy was channeled away from me despite me being clearly the one that was in the driving seat on, on the on the project so it was yeah, really frustrating. I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten about that. Valuers I've had it with as well. I've, I'm having flashbacks now. I've had it with valuers as well, where they've been so unbelievably dismissive of me and asked uh, questions to my ex when they've been walking around asking the scheme of works. And you're like, it was it was me. <laughs> you know, I did I did the scheme of works. I handed you the valuation pack that was put together by me, and I've I've been the one walking around with you yet that you would call down the stairs and ask Alan a question I'm right next to you and wow. so yeah I'd forgotten I'm as we're talking I'm having flashbacks but I think you what this is the problem I think what happens is because we experience it in so many areas of our professional life typically um you become quite weathered to it and so you're constantly just either succumbing to it or just tolerating it or fighting against it um, and I think with situations like that, you you become incredibly tolerant. You know, you just get used to it or you just do that assertive. Actually, if you could direct those questions at me, I'd appreciate it because I was the project lead. And then and only then will they will they fall in line. But, yeah, it's definitely a thing. It's it's definitely a thing. So um, do you think that in the what, six, seven odd years that you've been in the industry, have you seen things changing or improving for for women within the industry yeah I think so partly because I've immersed myself more in a uh, female community and COVID was largely thanks to that so you know when we couldn't really go out and sort of talk and speak and meet with anybody it forced us all to go online and I discovered that there is a whole community of women out there and we've mentioned them many times um, the UK property sisters of which we've had 
many guests from that community of women. Um, and it made me realize just how many of us there are in property, but also to the same extent, how little there are as well. And, and, and hearing the stories and the similar experiences and yeah, it's, it's, it's a very powerful group and, um, it's women doing incredible things, you know, right from baby by to major construction and development. So they are a powerful voice in our industry. And I think the online community has nothing but grown and flourished, particularly over COVID. Um, and I think it's got more mainstream in terms of its exposure on um, social media, on podcasts, um, at networking events. And I think all of that is really, really encouraging and will continue to do so. In fact, I'm attending two female led events this year, one in November and one in September. So I'm going to the Women's Construction Charity Gala uh, with Helen Chorley in um, we've got like a VIP table somewhere or other um in September uh, and the other one I actually can't remember the title off the top of my head but again it's a it's a female focused and female led uh award ceremony so it's it's like everything it's like football it's taken years for that that sport yeah. to catch mm. up now and now it's you know it's it, it just takes time but it I see I see positive waves happening in our industry and women are becoming more recognized so that's great yeah, I, I think that that makes sense, and I think I noticed that from from my point of view, looking at the training and the um, education side of it, I seem to find that it's um, it's kind of very segregated, if that makes sense, because there are certain groups and organisations that tend to attract ninety nine percent men, whereas other organisations tend to attract a lot more women including the, the organization that we came through it does tend to have a lot more um female investors maybe i'm wrong but that just seems to be my perception of it whereas we look at some of the development and the um the the, the programs that teach people on that side of it tends to be more male dominated and even our followers on instagram and or on social in general mm. is predominantly male yeah what's the split Still. is that 65 percent men 35 percent women yeah, give or take. Yeah, and it's it's still it it does still baffle me because like obviously we all came through the same training organization, but it was that strong female lead that attracted me to the organization in the first place. Oh. Um, maybe because of my upbringing coming from um, a, a family where I've I've got lots of sisters and a strong um, mother in the background. Um, mm. Maybe that kind of attracted me to it. Um, mm. And all the people that we've been connecting with, like you mentioned, Joe, on social media oh, since lockdown, these amazing female investors and developers and trainers and educators, it's so surprising that that's still a very small minority. Mm. I was just thinking about it. If you know, women are probably more likely to go and get educated first and foremost men are more likely to go and um you know have a go dip the toe in the water i think they know it all um make the mistakes not talk about it and then you know they did it was an amazing thing even though it wasn't and so it's i think i think if you think about the different personalities of, of men versus women um the inherent general traits yeah i think you're more likely to find more women in this environment where and it might seem like there's more women in it than there actually are 
because mm-hmm. lots, of the, lots of the other investors that are out there doing it and don't get educated, don't get trained, they're just out there, you know, having a go. Um, are probably more likely to be men. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Again, yeah. again, huge generalizations, but uh, probably more likely to be men. And therefore, um, when we look at the stats about how many landlords there are, what gender they are, it's it's those. So there probably aren't that many. Yeah, well, there'll be accidental landlords out there, but those who are actively investing um, are probably more likely to be men unless they're, and then if they go get trained, again, women will likely do that. And yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. I think and you're when, right. Yeah. Even, when, even when we're looking for staff or, or people to join our team, like the doubt really <laughs> determines whether it's male or female is going to apply for it. Let's say mm. we, we applied for a project manager uh, yeah. a year and a half, two years ago now nearly. Um, and we had, I don't know, maybe 60 odd applications. I'd say we only a handful of them were female. Mm. It's really, it's really interesting, actually. I think you're right. There's there and you it is a broad statement, but we can speak to it directly, I suppose, from a teaching view. If there's any, if there's ever been major mistakes made or retrospective learning done, it tends to be from male students, you know, not, not just the mistakes made, but like the, I've gone in guns blazing, you know, got, bought two new bills, got into negative equity, you know, got themselves into a bit of hot water, then come back and learn how to do it. Very rarely would I have a conversation like that with a female student, that that, that is very true. Uh, I think I think what you you say there is right, Matt. Um, so yeah, th- and I think you can mirror that that whole attitude generally. You know, if you look at you know any working uh, industry, so the, the the data out there shows that generally women uh, have uh, nervousness about going, you know, for promotion or raising their head above the parapet or themselves being out there, yeah. There put themselves out there because, you know, partly because I think there is a cultural indoctrination not to, because if you do, you're judged. Um, partly because there's just fear that if you do, you won't get recognized or that you're not worth it. And again, all of that comes from a, a culture of, of, of patriarchy, whether we're conscious of it or not. And I suppose the same can be said of of property but I do see I mean when I look out there in our community and I see the amazing things that go on and you know women-led projects and and in fact you know looking at figures like Ruth and her sister Gillian um who in you know an urban sister developments and Jess Leader all these wonderful women that we've had on our podcast and the scale and scope of project Louise Reynolds another one doing fantastic things in property you think wow you know, why is their gender even an issue? But at the back of your mind, you think it is because it's noticeable because it's not mm. typically what you see. They are the exception, not the rule. So, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So we need more, we need more women in property. We do. And I always say that when I'm teaching and do you know what I was teaching at the weekend, actually, I was teaching a, like a capital conversion course. And I was thinking to myself, where I was talking about builders and, and managing builders, which quite frankly, I probably could have spoken about for the full two days anyway, because, you know, irrespective of gender, it's just bloody hard, isn't it? They are a, yeah. a breed unto themselves. And, and the nervousness around that, all women, all women saying, 
why would a guy in the trade take me seriously? It's a fear. And that's partly a fear because they don't know, they still feel new to property. So they they don't really understand the language. But that aside, it's the a, a, a female having to deal with a dominant often uh, male in a profession that they're not comfortable with, but really having to be the director in that situation and how they step into that role with confidence and clarity. Um, you know, and as you know, I kind of coach and mentor people in and around that kind of stuff. And it's not easy. It's just not easy because there's okay. a fear. I wonder, I wonder if there would be, again, unconscious bias, but, um, you know, women only um contractors i do know some women you know, female contractors but i can't remember one hand um, mm. and, um, and the, there's an instagram account of like an electrician um, female electrician she makes a big thing of it and does yeah. quite a bit of work it's off very that. very few and far between that are in the trade as as, as trades people themselves it's always a handy man that turns up not a handy woman or a handy person you know yeah. Really good point. And, and do you know what? I was walking back from the gym the other day and there was a van and it actually said on the side of the van alongside their branding that they were a women-led plumbing firm. So it was a, a female plumbers. Um, but their name, oh, I'm really annoyed. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was so girly, such a girly name. And I remember it. I was so pissed off. I don't know why. Like I, I, I almost didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be equal in brand, but kind of make the statement that they were that was their niche kind of thing. But yeah, I, 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 and then I thought to myself, well, why are you questioning that? There's no heart, there's space for being feminine and girly within a trade. You know, that's that's a, an element that's that's novel. <laughs> so why are you taking issue with that? Because and if it gets them, if it gets them more attention, is it quite a good marketing ploy? Precisely, it's, it and then. Exactly so. So I kind of called myself out on that one. And I thought equality isn't about being the same. It's commanding the same level of privilege, um, opportunity and respect. And so how you go about that is your choice. Um, so, yeah, it's mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, I th interesting. I think people, it's interesting to see like, um, yeah, really interesting to go and do that, do some some surveys or polls um and ask people you know, do you think a female plumber would do as good a job as a male plumber and see what people's attitudes are and yes. see whether they think oh whether there's any bias or not whether there's an unconscious actually you know a woman's less likely to do a good job whereas actually they're probably more likely to do a good job because they're generally more conscientious um mm maybe more more thorough but, but again what sweeping generalizations we're making but i think we're exactly. of course yeah as, as i said yeah, I've, I've, that's again a generalization yeah a qualified yeah. plumber is a qualified plumber you well, know, if they're qualified to do the job and they're qualified to do it it doesn't matter ah. whether they're male or female but i couldn't agree more but then this and then this is another argument as well i was watching something really interesting um it was a uh, priyanka um uh, the, what's the guy it's the guy from um the uh, nick jonas's uh, part of priyanka uh, anyway, her is it Shetty? Can't remember. Anyway, she um she's really big on, on on women's lib, and I saw this amazing reel of her talking the other day because she got interviewed by a journalist, and they were she was talking about the pay gap, um and uh, the gender pay gap, and 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 this journalist piped up and said, yeah, but women aren't as strong as men, 
So, you know, how could they possibly be do everything that's the same? And she's like, oh, God, you've just misunderstood this whole argument. It's not about saying that physically a woman is on par with a man because we're not biologically, but it's about competence. It's about cognition and it's about respect. So, you know, could I physically do the same as a man? No. So certain roles, certain jobs I would not have the physical strength that would match a man, for example. So I accept that. It doesn't mean that I couldn't do it or I wouldn't do it, but it does mean that there is there is a difference there. But it's the perception of who we are in the industry that we choose to operate in and the, to the level at which we are deemed professional that is suited to our skill level, expertise and abilities. And that's what equality is. And that's what's missing. So, you know, that the idea that a, a plumbing job would, you know, your perception of, of how professional somebody would be at plumbing based on their gender. I think that conversation in about 10 years time would be almost laughable. I don't even think it would come up. You know what? All of our bodge jobs and all of our properties have always been done by men. There you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I yeah, I've worked with women, um, not so much in the trades, so on the design side and the um, technical drawing side, architects. All my architects have been women, interestingly enough. Mm. Um, and so yeah. A, another question then. If, if, we, if you were going to tender on a project and you had a female contracting firm in the um, tender process, would, mm. you, would you be erring towards using them over the male contractors just because oh. they're female in the industry do you know what i as a woman in property i probably would i mean i think i would for the sake of you know that allegiance and that want to push the female you know um message for sure <laughs> i would however that would not negate me doing the due diligence on them as uh, as, as, a, as a main contractor i'd want to know <laughs> you know i do i would do all the checks i would do irrespective of their gender but let's just say it came down to two firms and on paper they were identical in terms of their eligibility to do the job but one was female led and one was male led i'd give the females a go i would mm. A word. It's also thinking about it, it's female led, whereas um, I think the best result is probably a, a, a mixed bag. Yeah, it's it's having the guys that can act quickly because they've got the strength. It's the women that have got the details so they can check what's going on. It's you know it's probably you know, in reality a build a contracting firm that's led by a woman is actually probably in my mind probably a little bit more organised. Again, sweeping generalisation. Um, uh, that's really true but I think yeah I think there is so if okay so let me look at this let's think about one of my construction teams so it's headed up by Ian who I've mentioned several times on the podcast uh, when it comes to the um, eye for detail when putting together things like quotes or doing the VAT return and stuff like that it's his partner he actually relies on to do that because that's just not his skill set but that's is a that really a gender thing or is it a skill set thing? Because yeah. I think that's a personality thing. I actually don't think that's a gender thing. I think that's a personality thing. And I think this is where you get into really 
dodgy territory because I know yeah. so many male detail oriented human beings who are just you know cross the t's and dot the i's and you know would love a vat return for example so they're less, they're less likely to be in the trades though but they're less took, likely to took be the word straight out of my mouth there Matt. yeah exactly they're less yeah. likely to be in the trade and chances yeah. are again massive generalization here but a lot of the tradespeople and construction firms you see probably have a lot of very um, detailed people in the background, their wives, their partners, their BAs, their PAs, their assistants. Yeah, you know the, most, the most successful ones are a partnership generally between husband and wife, where yeah, the husband yeah. is the one going out to do the work and the wife is the one in the background. But again, I've just generalised on, um, yeah. on but personal you will see, styles. You will see the, the male's name generally on the mm. firm, like Miss Smith and Sons. It's never yes. Smith and Daughters. Yeah. Know? Yeah, but again, I think that's evolved. I think that's going to evolve. I'd love to see more women on the tools. I'd absolutely love it. Um, I think because there's space for it. Um, you know, so if you look in the world of science and engineering and the STEM programs that have been rolled out by the government over the years to encourage women to get into science, technology, engineering, etc., that's a huge initiative. I want the same thing to happen in the trade and construction. There's space think, for it. Yeah, it comes down to the... Um... Like because so similarly to what I'm talking about with um, women wanting to educate themselves, get into property, but is more likely to educate themselves. Um, mm. The same probably is true of you know, the, the trades. I think if there was a really good push into you know, recruiting women into apprenticeships, yeah. uh, you know, um, school leavers, you know, that, 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 that type of um, trade. And it was because they, they probably don't want to go into it because they have a perception of what a building site is like. And it's lots of leery guys. Um, they're probably going to give, give them shit um so it, it, it's it's more than just because you need to attract them in which means you probably need the firms that are going to respect them to employ them um so you almost need to set up a, a female-led building company uh, and then work with a, a college to, to to say to an apprenticeship I, I want i want 10 excellent um women trades in the next two years i'm willing to take them all on quite cost effective as a construction company um, yeah. and you can start doing really uh, simple stuff and, and actually you could train some really good uh, really good trades and in, 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 I'm trying to solve a, solve a problem here I've just gone, gone <laughs> gung-ho um, so um, maybe that's how we set up our construction company now listen I, I have all power to it but I think it goes back way earlier than that and it's about yeah. opportunity and recognizing that just because of your gender it doesn't um limit your opportunity if I think back yeah. to school days and you would have been the same the idea of going into the trade for both of you would have been a consideration not necessarily what you wanted to do but it certainly would have been an option available to you whereas it wouldn't have been for me mm. so you know it just wouldn't have you know, they wouldn't have said, you know what, you could be an electrician. It just wouldn't have been put forward as a, as a possibility. Whereas if you, if you introduce women to the possibility of all careers spanning the whole yeah. spectrum of professional skills, you start to embed messages right from childhood that you can be anything you want to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, think about um, the women that do have that skill set end up probably becoming, as you say, designers. I was thinking because um, like design and technology, it, it is there in schools for, well, I'm, I'm, again, I don't know every single school, but yeah, you know, things like design and technology, creating, um, you know, using wood 
uh, electronics. Uh, as far as I'm aware, girls get that opportunity um, in, in school, and maybe it's not pushed that way, um, or as you say, it, it, it's not the the accepted thing that they they you know that they they're pushed that way. So yeah, I mean, woodwork was always yeah. taught by men at school, whereas textiles textiles. So that's how, that's why you end up you know, with more kind of women designers, uh, less um, in construction, uh, or they become uh, artists, sculptors. Yes. Um, they go more art. They go more art. Creative, more, yeah. more acceptable. Whereas mm -hmm. you know, there's something very creative about putting you know, a construction. You know, urban construction it can be one of the most creative things that you do. Even though yeah, I, I think maybe it's because you can't necessarily see because generally hidden behind walls and, and plasterboard and stuff but a lot of that um uh yeah that, that massive lego set and meccano and uh you know all that woodwork has happened um you know can be very creative to solve problems yes it's, it's so technical you know being in the trade regardless of whether it's carpentry being an electrician being a plasterer being a plumber yeah it's so creative and it's so technical so you get that beautiful brain yeah. balance with those with those professions and that doesn't exclude women in any way shape or form no so, so kind of in summary then uh, a lot of this is actually down to personality types and people understanding their personality types go with what you know how do they work so the ideal solution is is having a mixed bag of personalities regardless of gender yes i, I completely agree uh, I really do. Um, I think, yeah, the, the gender divide comes from a societal prescription. It's actually much more to do with your personal passions, interests and skill, skill ability. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Well, we've now the problem. Well done. There we go. Problem Next. solved. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think this is a great time to be a woman in property. You know, it's, it's a brilliant. See, um, one of our newest um, partners um, is a pretty much a, a female-led company in the Midlands. Right. Right. Um, I think that's probably why we gel with them quite well. Mm. Um, yeah. Because we've got we we do have a lot of women around our business. Yeah. Yeah. That actually keep things keep things ticking over. But again, we're, sorry, we've got um, non-gender specific uh, people with personality types which fit their roles perfectly. There you go. That's ex and that is exactly the attitude. That is exactly it. Yeah, it's that. It's that. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, just. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, probably. <On> <laughs> um, I think the conversation can very much continue on social media, but I think it's been a uh, really interesting, uh, you know, discussion around around this, and I think I think the biggest problem is the unconscious bias. That's the biggest problem. Um, say, same with uh, with racism sexism is it yeah, has that unconscious bias um which again can only be dealt with at a at an early age you yeah. go into you go into the toy shop and then you've got the boys over in the lego section the girls and the dolls and everything's pink and yeah. you know, it, it, yeah, that still exists now there's a lot yeah. less than it used to be um and i know there's um uh, i don't remember what it was but there's a bit that might, might be a ban on on gender specific advertising mm. uh, is there a ban on gender specific advertising i know there's talks of it and um, whereby um yeah you're not, you're not yeah you shouldn't be really putting girls with dolls and boys with diggers you know it's about uh, creating equal equality so yeah, you know, you've got girls and boys playing with dolls you've got girls and boys playing with diggers so you have that um perception from an early age 
Um, and I, I don't think we should ever say, you know, talk about this stuff and kind of ignore, you know, hardwiring in our DNA that attracts us yeah, yeah. You know, by gender to certain things. Like I wasn't particularly indoctrinated into pink, but I naturally gravitated towards it as a child. I loved pretty things and tutus and ballet and all of those things. And that was, was nothing. Like, like, is it Nile? Is just your upbringing as well? <laughs> carbon copy. Carbon there copy. you go. You see, this is why we get on. Great. But it's true. And like, you know, like my mum my used to work in a nursery school and she's just like, without prescription, children naturally gravitate towards what they gravitate to. So, you know, and, but again, that is, that's down to your genetics, but it's also down to your personality type and your interests. My goddaughter, for example, she hated pink. She was all about blue. So, you know. It's, yeah, I've got yeah. I've got nieces and they wouldn't be seen dead wearing a dress or a skirt. There you go. It's actually Jeans yeah, kind of, tracks yeah. the bottoms all the way. <laughs> yeah. No, they're opposite. They're kind of antithesis happening already. Yeah. But anyway, on that note, um, I think that's us for today. So it is a goodbye from me. It's a female empowered goodbye from me. That's <laughs> a goodbye from me. <laughs>